So, here we are. Welcome to our exclusive first ever podcast live at the Wreckfest. Rec Hub at Wreckfest. Rec Hub at Wreckfest. This is also not only Rec Hub's first time at Wreckfest, this is my first ever event. It is your first ever event. I've never done an event before. Very excited. We have, not that you'll be able to see it, we have a uh, 360 Hollywood style, Oscar style uh, 360 photo booth, which is going down really, really well. We've brought the vibes. Pure vibes. Probably can hear the vibes. Um, we also have uh, Ockle Machines. Popcorn. Legend. You can't go to Hollywood. You can't do anything movie related without some popcorn, right? Exactly. See? Popcorn. So today it's going to be a little bit different, isn't it? Because this is our, so we said our first Wreckfest, but also our first live podcast. Absolutely. So throughout the day, we're going to be talking to various people. We're going to yep. bring them over, get their thoughts on the day. Um, we're doing lots of different talent. things um, on the podcast where we're going to be talking to people who have been on stage and yep. speaking in different uh, different tents. We're going to be speaking to some of our partners that are coming along. Absolutely. Um, really excited to see a, a whole bunch of people. We've got meetings lined up all day. Um, and hopefully we're just going to have a bit of fun. Absolutely. Um, I don't know when's too early, but have a few beers. Absolutely. It's only 9am. Yeah. It's half five somewhere. That's two very different approaches. But yeah, so stay tuned. Um, it's going to be big. It's going to be good. And, yeah. Uh, really yeah. exciting. Here we go. We're done. We're in. Ciao, ciao. <laughs> so, Anais, how are you How are you enjoying Wreckfest? So far, so good. It's um, not the best weather, but at least uh, good fun, good attitude. Did you pack a coat? Uh, no, but I found one at a thrift shop over there. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Yeah, I've packed a coat. I thought this could happen. If it rains, I'm ready for it. It's yeah. fine. It's not a British festival if it doesn't have a bit of rain anyway. That's what I thought, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Like, obviously, we were just speaking before jumping on the mini podcast. Um, so what are you doing for HelloFresh at the moment? Good question. So I joined about six months ago, so it's still pretty fresh for me. Um, I lead the executive uh, talent acquisition. So it's a small team that's working globally across commercial types. Um, yeah, a lot of what we do is not so much growing the company, adding lots more leaders. That's something that we did in the past years a lot. Uh, now it's capitalizing sort of on talent management helping the teams with the succession planning, mapping the market, yeah, and understanding uh, how we can help and having a more proactive future-facing um, recruiting strategy, if you will. Well, that's actually an interesting point because when it comes to executive recruiting, how, how important is market mapping and, you know, building talent pools and pipelining for the future with those senior director of above roles? Yeah, it is actually very important. I think, uh, obviously, I'm going to take a step back. It's always good for leaders to be able to look at their current talents and, you know, promote from within. But sometimes there's just skill sets that don't exist or the company has grown very fast so that there wasn't an opportunity to have a leader ready, uh, you know, in that moment. So for these cases, that's where we come in. And, you know, you're never really... Um, Sometimes it, it just happens, right? Leaders move on outside of the company, move on internally. You can never know what happens. So it's always good to keep an eye on the market. Uh, we realized um, that kind of being there for leaders that have, you know, looking at their organization, pinpointing where there is potential Kypris, pinpointing where there is essentially lack of succession planning. Yeah. Um, they just come to us. They ask us, hey, can you have a look into the market? And it gives them a lot of confidence. And it, it helps them make organizational 
decisions as well. You know, how do we build out this team? Can we build out this team? Should we promote from within? So yeah, we're helping them. We're giving them, we're giving them a big tool for their own organizational design decision making. When, when it comes to promoting from within and succession planning, yeah. do, do you kind of target that as like the first port of call? And like, how, how does HelloFresh try to promote from within to that, for that sort of executive level? You know, I don't think it's rocket science, no. right? It's, the idea is always to see what kind of talent there is, right? Uh, where could they go laterally even, you know? It doesn't necessarily mean a promotion. It means also giving someone the opportunity to, some, to do something where their skills could be very easily transferable. If they have a track record in, you know, growing a business or HelloFresh, for example, um, has a lot of countries where we just launched, mm. right? So we put... Um, we put leaders that maybe just need a little bit more experience into these um, into these positions many times and give them the opportunity to go and hit the ground fast, right? And then they've kind of, you know, put the checkbox, like they've ticked the checkbox and they're ready to move on to a different role, right? So that's, that's one of the ways that we can do it. I mean, it doesn't always, there isn't always a, a match, you know, at the time when you see a leader and you're working under... Um, under uh, a career development, right? There isn't always a match right then and there, but of course, using all the, you know, traditional personal development plans, coaching conversations, um, you can try to, like, it's always, I think any company I've worked with and I've worked with Amazon, Facebook in the past, they, it's hard to pinpoint what skills the talent has and where we can, you know, find the right next step for them yeah. it's it's a bit of a map that you need to put together as well you know the way that you can do an external talent map you can also do an internal talent map and you should be doing that that's yeah. something that my team is doing but clearly something that will help you figure out you know where to get from point a to point b within the company and yeah well that's actually <laughs> um, so you have obviously alliances tribes squads you put you're following that format do, do you often find that people reach that level in their career and it's like Oh, hang on. We need a new tribe for, to to accommodate this person's career growth, or do you really like let the business dictate their career progression first? Ah, uh, that's a great question. I think, uh, to be honest, it is still very much business driven at this stage. Yeah. You know, um, you wouldn't create a position just because someone is ready for it. Yeah. Uh, ideally, that's what you would do, but the the reality of the market, the reality of of you know how risk averse some companies just have to be. Is, is, is there, right? So, um, yeah, still very much business driven. But then when there is a business reason to uh, expand, like your first step is always looking internally, right? Yeah, of course. And it's, it's funny because obviously when you think about executive talent, you, you think of the, um, like a small group of people on the top of the organization. But in HelloFresh, that's, uh, you know, that's a reasonably sized SME, just the executive leadership. It's like 200 people. It's not hundred. No, 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 no. So um, it can look like that, but um, in the way that we're set up, we have given um, our countries a lot of autonomy as well to kind of build, uh, you know, the commercial base of uh, um, of HelloFresh in a specific market from off the ground. You know, and so they have their in-country management teams, and then there's the this umbrella, which is more the corporate umbrella uh, that they report into. Um, sometimes direct line, sometimes dotted line. So it looks like we have a lot of sea levels, but they're actually um, in country sort of sea levels management team. Great. Yeah. So amazing. <laughs> and uh, are you looking forward to any particular talks at Rackfest? 
Well, that's a good question. I'd have to look at the agenda. I have a lot of overlap because, uh, you know, lots of things interest me. I think uh, I see it over there. 100% chat GPT proof. I do have to I do have to ask what this is about. Uh, but then again, you know, one of the talks that interests me a lot or one of the topics is, you know, how can we actually automate things a little bit more? Uh, not in a way that makes the recruiters redundant, but in a way that can help them focus on the right things. You know, especially talent assessments, like how do we make sure that someone's a good fit, right? Call a cultural ad, whatever you name it. Uh, make sure that we can really assess that and their ability to do the job at the end, you know, and you don't have to figure out scheduling or you don't have to figure out, you know, smaller things that can be easily automated. I think this is always the... Yeah, using technology as an accelerator for your role rather than necessarily replacing you. Exactly. So when it's uh, when it helps you cut out the um, small menial tasks and helps you really focus on the strategic end of it that the yeah. teams cannot do. Yeah. yeah, I mean, ChatGPT, I've seen it can write a really good HR policy for cake in the office, uh, but not necessarily the best for outreach messages. Yes, you can tell 100% what is a ChatGPT generated message, 100%. especially, you know, if you're working, you know, if you're receiving a message that is perhaps for someone whose first language is not English. Yeah. And totally noticed that. I mean, um, it's, it sounds uh, it sounds like way uh, nuanced, but I actually find myself leaving in my usual spelling mistakes sometimes, just so people know it's real. Well, that's a classic, you yeah. know, from back when. You remember, we had those templates, we would send them out, and we would, you know, make a little mistake just so people know it's not like uh, yeah, it's yeah, an actual... Yeah, exactly. I mean, so, you know, it's, it's fun how, you know, with all of this, we still have to find ourselves going over the text or going over whatever AI generates, give it that human touch. If you yeah, 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 definitely. Which is actually... Like, the human touch is important at every level. I mean, it's super important when you're dealing with the execs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Now we've got Andy uh, today, who's the head of resourcing at Restore PLC. So how are you doing, Andy? Good. Very well. Very well. How are you guys doing? Yeah, really good. It's a busy event. We've got the, uh, got the camera on the go, which seems really popular. So uh, we'll have to get on that later. Yeah, we'll give that, give that a go with the team, I think. Amazing. We'll get a few beers in you first. <laughs> Maybe one odd say. Yeah. So, so Andy, uh, what's today all about for the Restore team? Two things, really. Number one is to for us to make sure everyone's getting exposure yep. to the various tech stack that's available in the market. And secondly is some of the amazing talks around diversity, AI. Uh, we've seen some fantastic talks earlier on today. Uh, got some more backed up this afternoon. But just, just taking time out for ourselves to learn about the industry and make sure that we've got new... Um, uh, new technologies that are on our radar. Yeah, amazing. And you talk about the uh, technology, which is obviously very important, especially yeah. in your position. Yeah. Um, what sort of technology are you kind of looking at at the moment? Um, well, I don't think you ever stop analysing your uh, ATS capability. Um, anything, or none more so that's important right now is uh, talent pooling. Yeah. Get the ability to get really smart with the talent decks that you have. Um, AI is going to play a part. Yeah. Using AI in the right way. Not to replace people, but to enhance the process and the service. Yeah. Um, and making sure that your both your customer experience and your user experience and candidate experience is always being leveled up to the to the highest degree in order to give a fantastic seam seamless service. Yeah, amazing. I mean, you talk about AI, um, and you're right; it's not taking over, and I think it's more of an enhancement. Yeah. How are you seeing the changes in the market now that AI has come to the forefront? Really? Yeah, it has. Uh, and you know, there's there's 
there's areas of a, of a process or a pipeline that's going to be useful for and there's going to be areas in the pipeline that's not going to be useful for. Most definitely it's going to be on those early early uh, elements of a pipeline for selection, almost um, allowing candidate to deselect out, making, making that funnel a lot tighter for recruiters. So ensuring that um, there's more relevancy to the candidates that are coming through. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I still don't believe they will ever replace a person. No. From those conversations, it can't. Um, but I think it definitely has it place as its place, assuming it's being used at the right part of the stage. Amazing. I, I love that. And um, yeah, AI is here, especially in recruitment, it's to enhance and not over overtake, which which is which is so, kind of the mantra now. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, final question. Yeah. Um, market at the moment challenging for a lot of organisations. Yes. Um, what, what do you? How do you see the market at the moment, and what what are you kind of doing to kind of capture great talent into Restore? But there's there's three layer, three main areas that we're concentrating on. We've done some analysis of our suppliers last year, so where we were paying for placements outside of direct sourcing, we've done analysis of that. That gave us three main areas that we're focusing on. From that intel, we're going to start talent pooling, and we're going to start engaging passive markets. Amazing. So. We probably don't have the right type of opportunities open now, but it's now that we start the conversation. It's about the future. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. We want to get people interested in restore, not necessarily that vacancy. Yeah. So um, we're gonna we're all we're already doing work on that. Uh, as with everybody, I would argue employer brand always needs some work. Oh, always the big one. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Because as soon as you take your foot off the gas, you're being left behind. Yeah. Um, and then making sure that we're reaching out to our candidates in the. Uh, slickest way possible, but also giving them a true representation of what l life is like inside Restore. Brilliant, brilliant. Andy, thanks for you, so much for your time. You're welcome. On the podcast and uh, yeah, uh, have a great day. That's, that's fantastic. Thank Cheers. you very much. Thanks, Cheers. Bye. Bye. Cool. So we're uh, here with Chris Rowe, uh, who's the head of TA at the HU Healthcare. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks coming along for a beer. Thank you very much. And we've put you on the podcast. Uh, so just interested today, uh, we're meeting a number of TA leaders. Um, so what's the vibe today for you? What are you looking to get from RepFest? Um, same as always, massive networking, gratuity, unleashing TA, loads of excellent talent here. Um, but I think to me, there's a few, I think this year is about learning as well. There's been a, you know, a few talks I've gone through that are um, more about how do we how do we disrupt, how do we break, or how do we start to amplify the real good shit that TA should be doing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were talking around like you breaking stuff in the industry, which I absolutely love in a positive way. So talk to us about some of the stuff that you are trying to break down barriers and yeah. do something a bit unique with. Um, two two things. I think if we think about the the, the sector as a whole, and, and 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 the work is about end user. So what does patient need for us, and, and what does the sector need from us, and it's true sustainability yeah. or talent sustainability which is important um, and, and 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 financial control and financial uh, assurance which is which is so important to us um if we consider you know the things that we discussed here you know, the, the last few years of that proliferation of nurses yeah big agency coaches you know I'm, I'm spending twice what i should be on on something i could be doing myself because we believe we can't be better whereas we've actually got some really cool people that come amazing i love that with really cool people in your ta team um, what do you do with, around that then? What, what's sort of the culture of your TA team and how do you how do you get them motivated to really do something different and a bit brave? I think, um, so no, they, 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 sometimes it's the hard stuff, right? You've got to have the right structure. Yeah. You've got to have the right people. But it's, but it's, but it's not about um, forcing people into, into necessarily job titles. Actually, it's for us. It's about recruiter experience or TA excellence. It's the right roles, yeah. creating the right environment for, to thrive in. Yeah. Strong leadership, of course, but you've got to make sure you've got the right capabilities. And that capability is drawn down from 
what does our strategy need to look like? What does the future of our workforce look like? Our people in culture piece? You know, what, what does our future patient base look like? And, and you know, drive skill gap analysis. So all those great things rolled up into true accountability that allows the team to feel connected with, with what they're actually trying to do. It's the why. The how is the easy stuff, right? And we've got automation and tech stacks and the great stuff, but why the hell am I doing this every single day? I love that. You can overcomplicate things. Yeah. Or why am I getting out of bed? I absolutely love that. So, so one of the things I see in your sector, and I'm no expert, by the way, but um, is the attraction of healthcare professionals. Little bit of a different market pool, a little diff bit of a different in terms of behavior. And um, so how are you going out to markets of, one, made their life easier when they're applying it, and two, creating a world-class experience for them? Um, and that's the journey, right? And that's where some of the, uh, you know, the challenge can be. So we're, we're really lucky, you know, we've got that, that NHS linkage, we've got that real strong, you know, history, that synergy, and we've got all the great stuff. But as a, as a CIC, um, you know, a not-for-profit company, we've got the opportunity to sometimes do things a little differently in terms yeah. of, our, of our process, you know? We are not trying to feed a load of shareholders with a load of cash. Actually, what we're trying to do is deliver the very best service for our patients. That comes, you know, the best for your people. Now, yep. that's a change journey, right? And, and we have to accept that we've not been as great as we can be, but that's the opportunity. Yeah. What haven't we done as well as we can? In terms of hitting the market, you know, we, I, I think we're in an environment when you pull something down that's almost long on public sector. We believe that we can't have big business or big TA mentality. We, we, we will just do things processed the way we've always done. Same old, same old. Well, yeah, exactly. We're like, nah, nah, we're not, we're not going to do that. If, if we're, What we're trying to do is create an environment where I want everyone on my team that want to smash it every, every single day. Like, what's the barrier for you? Yeah. But we can break those barriers because guess what? I own my policies. I own my processes. And I've got that direct linkage through to, to, to business performance and strategy. Yeah. Well, let's do the right thing from, from the up. Hitting the market, that's a different matter because we're trying to do slightly behind the curve what others have done in the private sector, which is tap up that 80% market, right? Yeah, absolutely. As much, as, as much as we love our colleagues over there in Indeed, they, they, they have a place in our hearts. Yeah. But about 80% of my heart doesn't necessarily need to, you know, to work with them. What we're trying to do, actually, is, is probably try and replicate what the agencies are doing and actually start to create shared partnerships, shared sustainability, but not through proliferation, actually through talent sustainability, market sustainability, demonstrate those opportunities to share that growth, share that wealth. That's where it's at for me. Now, there's two sides to this as well. You know, we have, you know, high customer center environments or call center environments, but that again is about how do you, you create talent sustainability or industry sustainability by attracting people to careers. Now, it's obvious, right? This whole stage is talking about it. Let's just do it, man. Let's start doing the why anymore. Let's start doing the how. So for me, personas, segmentation, what do people need from me? That real empathy-based stuff. So what do, I, what do you need from me to be a success in my business? Can I do that for you? Can I make you that pledge, that promise? No, I can't. Cool, really sorry. I can't do that. But I'm going to give you the best experience, find that out. Or I can give you that. Or come in with open arms. And let's make sure that that journey isn't just... I've been, I've been just one, two, three. Actually, let's see you through your career and actually start to drive talent pipeline, talent segmentation, start to create a workforce for the future. That's the key to breaking NHS challenges. I, I love that. And um, I think certainly with what's going on in, in, in the healthcare sector over the last few years has, has been huge and, you know, all credit to you. I just wanted to finish with one question that I've been asking people um, and it's around AI. Now, we all know it can't take over um, but there's a real fear out there. Um, so I'm just interested around like AI in, ta in TA. What are your thoughts on how we enable it, how we integrate with it, how we use it? I think 
like it's a tool. Let's 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 call it for what it is, right? It's an enabler. It's 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 it, it you know it, it's going to become a part of our our entire existence. It's not just a work thing. You know, you can punch a nail into the wall, or you can get a hammer. What we're trying to look at is what's the next best way for us to determine where that nail needs to go, without all the problems, out of the the flaws, the footfalls, and you know, we maximize our time on the quality stuff, the, the human stuff that we have to do, because the less human activity which absorbs all of my shit, man, is taken away from me. Will it take my job away? No, like we, we're, we're looking at you know, multiple products linking on, on, a, on an automation ecosystem right now. And the next thing I'm trying to map in my mind is, if I can't deliver it in my current gig, how through my maturity model I leave in place, yeah. can, I, can I demonstrate where AI needs to fall in? So I can start to identify my talent needs, I can hit that mark, I can pipeline, I can give all my crews all the stuff that they need, but I want to make it as seamless as possible. So if I was a recruiter coming into the market and I got AI, yeah, I've been laughing my head off, laughing all the way down to the bank, man, with that. Yeah, we're, we're like a similar age, and we wish we had that yeah. when we were younger, right? <laughs> Get on the phone, man. I'm not writing to your adverts. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'm not trying to like go oh, through it. You know, a, a, a flesh king cave model. Like, is this the right language in there? Or I know double check it. I got triple check it, and then fuck me, and I was gone by, and I still haven't sent my advert out. Yeah. Like this shit was like three seconds. So you're freeing me up to do the stuff I need to do: quality, insurance, get on the phone, engagement, understand what my business needs get my team developing themselves so they can start taking my job or bouncing on. It's a tool, so let's embrace it and use it properly. Love that. Chris, thanks so much. Cheers, I, I, I love how you're breaking the market. You're doing some really innovative stuff. And uh, yeah, cheers. Thanks cheers for that, man. Thank, Thank you so much. Cheers. Uh, so, uh, we're here at the uh, Wreckfest and we've got Daniel Gallagher, who is from Avenard. And what's your position there, Daniel? So I am the Global Inclusion and Diversity Talent Acquisition Lead. You will not be able to say that. Uh, no, it's a horrible job time. <laughs> Honestly, it's like a word full. So effectively, I support, uh, like it's a strategy advisory role. Wow. I support our regional TA leads. We operate in 27 countries globally. And I'm responsible for helping our business hit their diversity hiring targets. Wow. And at the moment, DE&I is massive and every company seems to be having their own way of doing things. So what's like your thoughts on this subject? Honestly, yeah. it's so in its infancy. I went to a uh, round table about two weeks ago with 20 other companies. There's so many people who want to lean into this, but they don't know where to start. Yeah. Right. They are confused by the amount of rubbish content that sits on LinkedIn. Yeah. There's people who don't have a TA background. They're not recruiters. They have an opinion. It's not really an informed opinion. So, so on that then, it obviously is a passion of yours. You're an expert in that. If you're an organization and you're a TA lead, TA director, what, what's the starting point to start to implement okay. this? Okay, so the starting point for me is... Look at the population demographic data. So in the UK, you would look at the census data that came out last year. Yeah. After that, then I'm looking at what is the labor market participation rate for gender, for ethnicity. So I'm able to work out in percentage terms, how, what is the percentage of black professionals in our industry sector? I go another level, which is to look at what is the educational attainment level wow. per demographic that we want to hire in. So. It's all good and well saying that you want to hire 50% females into a tech company. But when you get into the detail and you realize it's only 12% educational attainment level, when you look at computer science degrees, that's your target. Wow. And that's how you advise the business. You say, right, if this is 12% is the national average, 
let's go for a three to five percent year on year improvement yeah. instead of going from 12 percent to 50 percent i mean that's crazy it's not achievable is yeah. it amazing it's true it's like pie in the sky numbers that's really really good advice so um today wreckfest yeah obviously huge five thousand yeah. people yeah. here yeah. uh you're loving it you've got a beer What's the uh, draw for you to come to Repfest? Uh The opportunity just to have a chat with vendors. Uh, one of my one of my main bugbears at the moment are vendors who say they have AI. Yes, right. It's like seriously, it's just machine learning with algorithms. Yes. Because from my perspective, if I like what you're doing as a vendor, and if I think that can help me get to my target, if you say you have AI, what it means to me is it adds three months onto the onboarding process. Yeah because you're being evaluated against the AI ethical wow. considerations that yeah. we have as a business. So I'm like, don't mention it in any demos. Take it out of your marketing material. Between you and me, we know it's algorithms. Yes. So that's a big thing. I, yeah. And I go around and I'm playing uh, DEI bingo today, which is looking at every stand and every vendor to see if they have DEI on their stands. Daniel, I bet they're petrified because you are the expert. Daniel, uh, thanks for joining us for that five minutes. So... Uh, uh, tonight, Basement Jacks, looking forward to it. Well, I yeah, but I'm not the designated driver, so it's their decision whether I'm here or not. <laughs> Daniel, thanks for coming on the podcast. Cheers. Oh, no, no, no.